realize just how dark it is in my basement, Joe. When yeah, it's very. <laughs> it's like it's it's very gloomy when you're relying only on natural light in there. <laughs> you definitely could not handwrite a letter down here when <laughs> when the lights are off. <laughs> There's no such thing as natural light down here. Um, <laughs> but uh, hey, it's good to be back for another side stitch and. You know, this week we're we're going to be covering like an evolution of of nerd culture and history and how it was able to mm-hmm. become a tidal wave that is now enveloping damn near everything. Um, yeah, yeah. Before nerd was basically just a uh, um, a go to word for people who are passionate about things or well versed about uh, basically anything. Um, it was basically just. Um, term that only applied to one group of people um yeah so proud, uh, yeah these are people these are those types. a proud people yeah but but yes a very limited and esoteric group observed by, by <laughs> scientists and <laughs> academia but but uh, never never been greeted in person you know no prime, prime directive we can't approach the nerds or else they'll They'll learn about our customs and <laughs> become normal. <laughs> um, well, yeah. you know, it's it, you could probably tell after folks after you listen to the episode this week that you know it's a realization that I think all of us took time to to better understand. And uh, I mean, it's pretty clear that nerd culture has definitely become pop culture now. Mm-hmm. Um, but what we wanted to do since, and once again, you might notice that our our, our good friend Chelsea, she's not here today. Um, yeah, as as a friend's wedding is uh, bearing down upon her, she gets closer <laughs> and closer to it, and her responsibilities just grow, just 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 seem to grow. <laughs> so Chelsea will not be with us on the side stage. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and you know what? It's 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 really funny because like yeah, we bring her on the show and. Obviously, we we've we've had some really fun conversations with Chelsea, but these weddings they just keep sneaking up on her. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Ooh, she had so many friends that wanted to share their happiness with her. Um. <laughs> Who does that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Joey, you, you try to call me up. You're like, Mark, I have great news, and I go, I don't want to hear it. Just... <laughs> no, no. You will not decide to spend the rest of your life with only one other person. What is wrong with you? <laughs> you pack down those emotions. You hide those feelings. <laughs> well, oh, so the, so we we didn't know just how much we left on the vine here when it came to discussing nerd culture. But for some of you who have indicated that you're marginally interested in the lives of your your hosts and creators of this program, we decided that we would share some of the personal reasons for why we thought maybe we had the same barriers that we discussed Mm -hmm. in this episode, as far as being able to really maybe even like maybe share nerd culture with other people um, and talk about uh, what, what that felt like, you know, back when we were younger, because I mean, Joe, we're even just looking back, uh, geez, even, even 15 years, I mean, technology's changed so much in that time period. If we went back 20, 25 years, I mean, yes, we, we've come a long way. So um, I didn't know if you wanted to start, if you want me to start talking about some of the early oh, days. Yeah. 
Um, I mean, like the early, early days of, of nerddom for me was definitely comic book reading. Um, that was probably the biggest part of it. My brother um, was really, really big into like Spider-Man and the X-Men in the 90s. Um, mm -hmm. So I kind of started with that, but I was always more of a uh, more of a Superman person. So I I grew up reading those. Um, I uh, kind of think other things that really got me uh, early, probably Power Rangers. Um, when things came up from Japan and it was, I don't know, people dressed up like dinosaurs with massive dinosaur robots. Like what, like what more do you want as a kid? That's incredible. It's awesome. Um, Losing our damn minds over that. Yeah, you were. And you had this amazing riffing guitar in like for the opening <laughs> sequence. Like, come on, get out of here with this. This is everything kids want with a is little it? bit of teenage angst mixed in there. Just peppered right in. You, you hear that riff. And, <laughs> and as kids, we were like, you know, all like 11 and 12 years old. And we're like going, mm -hmm. is this puberty? What's going on down there? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! I like admittedly like like dirty thing there. I like I still listen to that song like before I go. I usually um I play tennis with friends here and on my drive over um when I actually have my car uh I usually just play music that gets me excited <clears throat> and that that is in the playlist of like hype music um <laughs> it's like the Power Ranger theme still pops in there. It's it's like a it's like a heavy metal cover of it, but it, I mean, it's the same thing. Oh, yeah. Great. Yeah. <clears throat> any any heavy metal cover of the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers theme? Because if you just say Power Rangers, folks, that's true. Get, that's that's a that's a very deep well. <laughs> very, very that. deep well. That is just <laughs> always, always a few decades behind the Super Sentai series. I, 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 I take that back. They were I should because like, yeah, when the first one premiered, like zoo ranger had only been out i think for like a year so it was like the most recent one but yeah no like uh power rangers and super sentai is a is a huge spanning thing that's been going on i think since the 70s so yeah. there have been yeah. there have been a lot of iterations of it um but yeah that's 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 probably where i started with uh with nerdy things and then you know to continue uh probably with me like I don't know, like the stereotypical, like I'm going to make all these drawings that no one's ever going to see but me because I'm too, like I don't want to share them with other people. These are just my drawings. Um, <laughs> and yeah, that's probably where everything started. And then video games just kind of, you know, naturally flowed into that. How about you? Where did where did your nerdiness um, begin? So it's it's funny how my entry point for like nerddom didn't actually start with superheroes didn't start with video games. It didn't even start with um, TVs or TV or movies. It actually started with a documentary from Robert Ballard, who rediscovered the Titanic. And okay, yeah, I did not see that coming. It, it's and I'll explain. Trust me, I, I'm I've I'm ready to mm -hmm. explain myself. Um, <laughs> so my. My dad was in the army. I, I've mentioned this a couple of times in the show and that we moved around a lot. Uh, as we talk about barriers, well, the people I knew in my life were typically related to me for quite a long time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's, no, uh, it's no mystery that a lot of people in the military end up being history buffs because, well, when you, when you get your education as a soldier, a lot of times you're hearing about tactics and uh, stories that are 
from the people in the military before you who created these things, right? So there's a lot of historians in the army. My dad, of course, would inevitably be a major influence on me from that standpoint. So some of the earliest memories I actually have as a kid involve Dr. Robert Ballard discovering the Titanic because yeah. it hadn't, hadn't been seen in a long ass time. Um, mm -hmm. You know, touchy subject, right? Because a couple people died. It was a PR disaster. Um, oh, completely. Um, you had that that one woman who just wouldn't share the uh, the wreckage with the dude and he like sank to his doom. Yeah. yeah. Terrible. Yeah. People just didn't want that to come to light. You know, it was, yeah. it was really rough. So, mm -hmm. so for me, the whole reasoning behind uh, the nerddom and why I attach it to this so much is because I was probably the only three-year-old slash four-year-old who was reading about the Titanic. Yeah. And, and so like, it, it, <laughs> it kind of began building out my mind palace. Like, okay, so I know that they found, you know, uh, like lobsters down there in the Titanic mm -hmm. when they went fishing around in it. You know, I, I know that they opened up safes that included, uh, you know, personal, you know, personal items and they found liquor and stuff down there, all that kind of stuff. Well, as a nerd, a lot of us have a ton of knowledge about very specific topics okay and mm -hmm. and we kind of adapt this to other properties as we go well the titanic was like the first example of that for me like i i learned a shitload about the titanic and and then all of a sudden i just had this ability to you know deeply associate with with other uh, other things and and so it yeah it started there um very quickly after that though would be Ghostbusters. Oh because, yes. Now, before yeah. we bridge to Ghostbusters, um, was was it the same documentary that uh, um, I don't say convinced you, but inspired you and uh, your dad to build the? Because you have a don't you have a massive Titanic model hanging out at your parents' house? Oh yes, yes. The mm -hmm. <laughs> it's and it's and ironically enough, uh, yes, we would create the Titanic model. Now, my hands were. Uh, not dexterous enough and far too shitty to actually help contribute to this when I was a child. <laughs> <laughs> I just, just didn't have it. But, uh, um, but yes, we built the Titanic together as a family. And once it was completed, yeah, I mean, this is a pretty large it is you know, model. model. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, moving around a lot, we were like, well, we don't want this thing to a collect dust because it's hard to clean. And two, yep. we don't want it to get broken. So what did we do? We sealed this Titanic model up just like the crates you see in Raiders of the Lost Ark in the giant I was warehouse. Say, this is the this is the Ark of the Covenant right here. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. So somewhere my dad's in the basement of his new house with this thing on a cart pushing it into this massive warehouse. <laughs> um, and uh, but that's that's really where yeah, dude, that was it. Like I, I buried so much time and I remember when they did so this was a National Geographic documentary that they did. Uh, back then, and I, I don't even know. It had to be on TV somewhere, but we bought it on VHS and we watched it to the point where we damn near broke this thing. Um, <laughs> just like the Ghostbusters VHS. But mm -hmm. uh, so for me, it was it was mesmerizing because for one, I didn't know about the Titanic. I was three years old. I was like, you know, still occasionally <laughs> shitting my pants. You know, I was only concerned <laughs> about. I only wanted my my uh you know my spaghettios with some hot dogs chopped up in it i didn't care about a whole lot back <laughs> no then. Mm -hmm. you know life um, was simple it was so simple 
But then the complication of 1980s, you know, cameras under the under the damn ocean. And it's just foggy down there. You're, you know, they they kind of had an idea of how the ship would have drifted and where it would have ended up, but they didn't know. They didn't know exactly where it was. No clue. Yeah. But you see all the buildup in the video. You know, you you hear the story, and then when you see the actual ship itself for the first time, and for many seeing it for the first time because we hadn't since it sank. Mm -hmm. That for me began like this this path to to nerdnum like it was like holy shit i'm interested in this and half of my friends will i'm gonna say like 90 percent of my friends will never see this documentary you know <laughs> mm -hmm. but it was it was mesmerizing it was creepy it was interesting it was because there's something eerie about looking at a historical shipwreck where thousands of people died i mean it's just yeah. there's something about it you know and so mm -hmm. Yeah, that that documentary, dude, it it kicked off a firestorm for me because after I watched that documentary, I went, everything I like, I'm gonna like as much as this. Like if I put time into something, Ooh. I'm gonna mm -hmm. I'm going to just seek it out as much as I could because this was at a time when the internet wasn't there yet. And no. mm -mm. yeah. We were still reading books, people. Do you remember books? Yeah. Yeah. You had to like actually go out and look for cats doing weird things or watch your own cat doing weird things. That was, that's how you got your cats is you had to watch your own cat. That's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. It's bizarre. Yeah. We've come such a long way. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, yeah I, I, I haven't actually, I don't share this with a lot of people um, and it's not because I'm ashamed of it or anything, but it's it's one of those stories where when people start talking about their nerdiness and their identity and how they began to build it up, well, this was one of those stories that I hid for a long time because I didn't know a lot of history buffs. Everybody I did was in my family, right? So I felt fine yeah. sharing it with them. But um, what this would end up doing for me, Joe, was it would cause me to really attach myself to characters like Ray Stance and Ghostbusters. Mm -hmm. You know, he's a, I mean, he's also kind of a student of history in a lot of ways. Uh, he has this childlike enthusiasm for the things that he kind of, you know, takes interest in. Um, <laughs> Stan and, would call him a true believer. Yes, he would. <laughs> he would call him a true believer. And, mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and, and you know what? I mean, I, I can't say that like Ray Stance is like my, my personal hero because, um, mm -hmm. The, the whole reason why I was introduced to these things is because of my dad. I mean, he, he's the one that put us in front of these things. And so um, as, as it went on, you know, as time went on, I would see more and more like influences of my dad in characters and in, in some of these properties. And uh, that's what kind of caused me to latch on to these early ones, like Ghostbusters, Indiana Jones. I mean, you mm -hmm. can't, you can't go from like, like being obsessed with the Titanic and like early Egyptian history and then not like Indiana Jones. <laughs> oh I mean, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Just, just totally. And, and I mentioned the Egyptian <laughs> stuff, dude, my dad went to Egypt for, uh, for peacekeeping operations in the late eighties. Okay. Ooh, yeah. Um, yeah. For those of you who aren't familiar, we've pretty much been in Iraq a long ass time. Okay. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's, but I'm not going to get into that, but, um, so yeah, he went to Egypt, you know, he brought back like a, a copy of the Rosetta stone, like, so, 
for, for me, nerddom started with history. It definitely mm -hmm. did. And then it branched out from there. But but the the foundation was definitely history. Nice, uh, nice, yeah. Um, that's a much more like I don't know, I don't want to say I'd say probably practical <laughs> like <laughs> application for nerddom because like I just feel like like if you were like in a dinner conversation or like something and you bring up something from history, so I was like, oh, this man's very well educated. And if I were to tell you, yeah, but do you know what Blue Kryptonite does to Superman? They'd be like, well, he's a fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I think this actually serves the point quite well, Joe. Is that you and I both were nerdy in different ways. We would end up crossing mm -hmm. paths, right? Because I mean, I got into the same X Men comic oh, books yeah. that you did. Mm -hmm. You know, the same DC properties, especially some of the mega events we talked about before. And it, it is an appearances thing, you know. Like we mm -hmm. we're tremendously proud of the knowledge and the love we have for some of these things. And yeah, the the technology wasn't there yet. The communities were either not there or incredibly hard to find. Mm -hmm. uh, and whenever you did find a localized, you know, reason to be able to share it with somebody, either that person moves away or you go to a yep. different school or, you know, or look at you, could... Keith. He <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> said Keith, but he means Steve Meyer, who uh, <laughs> we're not going to, we're not going to ruin the joke for Steve Meyer. We'll, we'll, oh, no. We'll let Steve that Meyer one... lives on. <laughs> yeah. Let that one simmer for a little bit. Um, but, but similar to what we'll talk about later this week in our episode, I mean, technology was obviously a big reason for why most of us were able to feel that sense of community eventually. And mm -hmm. it's just not something we had. So, I mean, I know for you, Joe, you, you grew up in a fairly small town, right? Like, I mean, how oh, many yeah. people could, could you count them on one hand? Like how many people could you realistically talk to about comics with? <laughs> um, realistically, uh, people that I knew, um, my brother <laughs> even the, like yeah pretty much just him because like i remember um hitting a point in probably middle school probably about the time where like i could actually start play, i think probably like the fifth grade um is when i had like I, I started playing sports because i need to be active but i hate just like to today like going to the gym is the worst thing in the world for me but <laughs> if i can like be active and run around and do stuff that's great um, so basically when I got to the point where all of my friends are definitely like all of my friends and other people are playing sports, I am down to, um, probably my brother and one other person, uh, that I could talk nerdy things with. And that other person was definitely more, um, like my childhood best friend growing up, uh, Vince Hoffman. He wasn't really a comic book person. He was much more of a, like a, like a tech person. Yeah. So like video games got him, uh, computers that could actually process quickly got him. So I could do that stuff. I could like talk about those things with him and that work is a pretty great outlet for my, for my nerd dumb. And that was like more or less the only outlet for it for quite a while. Um, yeah. cause like going through middle school, it was basically Vince. Um, as I've talked about in previous episodes, we had like the, the three other friends or the two other friends. who like, we played Pokemon with yeah. and that was about it. Um, it was just like, it was pretty much reduced to like video games as my my last like little hope of like acceptance of like like social acceptance uh, with with friends, but like comic books, uh, no one did anymore. Um, even like 
like I hell like hell like Power Rangers. I was secretly watching that through I think Turbo, and then as soon as like the original cast was gone, then I stopped watching it. But no one yeah. else was watching it, my friends, until then, except for Vince Hoffman had like seen a clip of the Turbo movie. And yeah. I just remember at one point, hilariously, because we used to have to bike back and forth between each other's houses. And we lived yeah, a little over a mile away from each other. And he gets into my driveway. And I have a, like my parents have an old gravel driveway. And he yells out, shift into turbo. And then he <laughs> clicks to like shift his bike. I think it skips it. Like the chain like fucks up and skips. And then he just fishtails and biffs it. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> which, which, oh my god that's that's a perfect way to describe like like what happened with early power rangers because like mm -hmm. so many of us watched like like you mentioned like the original crew and yep and like maybe through like the first the first maybe like mm -hmm. second se second movie was there it's just the first movie i think i don't think the second yeah. movie came out for a while so mm -hmm. after that first movie like power ranger stuff like people were still watching like you mentioned yeah. but not mm -hmm. nearly as many so i was in the same no. boat same boat you were man i was like watching power <laughs> rangers and i'm like is this gonna ruin friendships for me yeah. <laughs> so we just don't talk about it um yeah just bury and... it down just bury it down yeah, man just bury just, it down. And then, stuffing it down fuck i like getting to high school though like middle school i at least had that close knit of friends like one friend i could do some nerd stuff with my brother then i get to high school my brother goes off to college um and like a lot of kids do when they hit that age um they hang out with other people so like i had like vince hung out with like the cross-country kids and the band kids and my other friends just i don't know i actually have no idea who my other friends started hanging out with when i was in high school um but then like i found my way into a friend group and they were a huge car like they were big car people so like if i would have brought up hey anyone uh Want to watch the new adventures of Superman and Lois Lane uh, of Clark and uh, uh, Lois Clark, Clark. Clark, the new adventures of Superman? They'd be like, get the fuck out of here. Um, yeah, yeah. What the hell are you bringing that cabbage out here for? Come yeah. on, come on. Yeah, I mean, watch that. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> high school, like, my nerddom was completely like closeted and like, yep, uh, they'll know I'm nerdy because my science grades are high. And that's about it. Um, yeah, you definitely, yeah. Uh, if we're going based off of the, the special attributes from fallout i think you definitely uh put most of yours into intelligence uh whereas i put all of mine into strength and luck like those were the only two things i put any points into <laughs> like, like yep yep i can't perceive that you're angry with me but you know what i can lift something really heavy and not trip over anything while i do it that's those are my things yeah yeah i you know and i i think joe um what you're kind of mentioning here is what uh, I think is important to point out with with nerdy things in like the 90s and even the early 2000s. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like there were people that that maybe were extremely nerdy about something, but the the idea of them having essentially like your your paint, you know, your paint uh, was it called an easel? Mm -hmm. Easel is that what it's called? Where you have like the ten different kinds palette, of palette, isn't it? Yeah, palette. There we go. That's a palette. Yeah, the easel is so, what you actually put the the canvas on. To... Yes, yes. Yep. I knew I was forgetting it. Yeah, the palette, like like nowadays for, for a nerd, like you could paint with like 20 different colors, right? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Back then, you maybe had one or two colors on that palette and you yeah. didn't tell anybody about them. No. <laughs> and so, <laughs> um, so it was, so when we did finally run into other 
nerds, uh, it wouldn't be until mm-hmm. like you, like for my brothers and I, uh, particularly my older brother Nate, we would find a friend of ours who had um, an affinity for the Monkey Island game that I that we talked about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, the, ga- the games that made us and. So for Monkey Island, uh, my brothers and I loved that game. We loved all of the early LucasArts point-and-click adventures. We loved them. We thought mm-hmm. they were great. You had to think about stuff. And here's our uh, a kid that we meet in a military base in the mid-90s. And he's like the only other living person we ever knew who played him. And yeah. <laughs> we'd, we'd moved around like a half dozen times already. And... Like you'd go up to somebody and, and a friend and you're like playing and you're like, you know, you're sharing some mutual interest and you go, Hey, have you ever played monkey Island? And they'd go, dude, bro, I'm six. Like <laughs> I, the world is still new to me. I, yeah. You're talking about Commodores and Ataris and like, I, I <laughs> like I, I accidentally shit my pants on the bus this morning, dude. I don't know what a monkey Island is. <laughs> so, so that that's what we were up against. And so like, when we finally meet this friend of ours uh, along the way, um yeah like we would we would still talk to this kid even after we moved like he's like the only nerd friend that i've had for longer than like 10 years i've known this kid since i was uh i think at that time i was like either eight or nine and ever since then it was like yep this dude gets us we get him (laughs) you were anointed yeah (laughs) Um, and yeah until there was the ability to seek out Mm -hmm. communities and actually converse with other people that had these mutual interests it was it was gray space until then. So yeah, completely. Um, I remember like, at least in like in high school, like I barely let my, uh, like we usually like hung out with like my friends at their houses. And whenever we hung at my house, we actually made it. So like one of the old farm property buildings, um, that my parents have, we like carpeted, insulated and furnished. And we hung out there when we came to my house because I, by and large, still didn't want them going into my bedroom. I'm like, I have action figures up there still that I'm not ready for them to see yet. So (laughs) we go up to your bedroom, Mm -hmm. Joe, and you're like, not unless everybody gets cool with a lot of stuff really fast. (laughs) fast. (laughs) Yep, pretty much. That's what it was. Like, I've still got my like, um, like uh, those like that. That wasn't full wallpaper, but it was basically like just like not battering, but. It, yeah, I don't yeah. know. It was like, I don't know, like a foot long of uh, things that went around like the uh, the border of my room of planets. I still had like the glow in the dark stars and stuff on my ceiling. I'm like, this yeah. shit's cool. It's science. It's fun. I love it. Um, and like, I, it, I think to this day, that's still up at my parents' house. Like, that hasn't <laughs> changed. Um, so I can go back to my room and it's still relatively the same. Uh, but yeah, no. And then. I'm trying to think of when it actually became a little more acceptable again to be slightly nerdy. Cause like, I do remember um, being in college in my first two years, I went to UW Baraboo while still living with my parents. Cause that way I'd be like, Oh, I can save on uh, money, not paying for like larger tuitions for larger schools. Mm-hmm. And uh, we would have land parties on Thursday nights to play Halo. And mm-hmm. I, I mean, it was probably Halo two at that point. Yeah. Was, I think it was Halo two. Um, and that's where suddenly it's like, oh my God, like a lot of people are here doing this. This is yeah. fantastic. <laughs> this is great. Um, and it felt really good again, but I could like, oh, I've got, I've got friends who, uh, who play video games and like they're hanging out and playing video games together with pizza and not soda. And <laughs> we're, yeah. we're playing Halo. This was fun. I mean, it, 
it did feel like a a pop culture renaissance in a lot mm-hmm. of ways, you know. And it and uh, once again, we don't want to take the wind out of the sails or or yeah. talk too much about things you're going to hear about <laughs> later this week. But mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean it it really took off and to this day, I mean, that openness has, is a benefit that a lot of people have that we didn't growing up. Um, yeah. And, and so I will say that I am extremely thankful that these are topics that I no longer have to keep to myself. Um, mm-hmm. because, uh, now there's so many people that love it. I think one of the, one of the coolest things that I can point out, especially since we've been on Twitter, right. As a, as a show, mm-hmm. if you look through Twitter, and you feel like, or if you haven't looked on Twitter before and you kind of feel like you're in this like nerd zone, like we were like, this is for folks that maybe, maybe you might still feel kind of awkward. Or you might still feel kind of weird. Right. And you don't know how to think about this stuff yet. Um, Twitter can be, a, we've talked about this before. It can be a cesspool. It can be a, it can be a <laughs> void. Um, but try looking on Twitter and just type in some of your favorite things, whether it's a game, whether it's a movie, whether it's a comic, and you will or find the same picture of Jeff Goldblum every day, every goddamn day, every, yes. every day, the same picture biting that little finger. Yep. He knows what he's doing, <laughs> but, but seriously, go check out Twitter and just type them in. You will find thousands of people now who mm-hmm. are, who are loving the same stuff, talking about the same stuff. Um, and so if anything, I think nerddom nowadays isn't a reason to feel alone. If anything, it is a reason to find communities find people that care about stuff that, the same way that you do. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I think, I think we're living in the, the best timeline, Joe. I really do. <laughs> I do too. <laughs>